welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Well, good morning. It's great to see you. Well, I can see some of you. We are continuing our series this morning talking about uh, sunglasses, seeing life through the eyes of Christ. Um, just before I do that, um, who's had a good summer so far? Most people. A- anyone, anyone about to go on holiday? A few people. You're very lucky. Have a brilliant time. Um, okay, so... Um, A few years ago, I was in a nightclub. Now, um, it was quite a few years ago. Nikki's reminding me. It was quite a few years ago. I was, um, I was in a nightclub with some friends and sort of dancing. Kind of, I really only have kind of one move. It's basically that. And then sort of sometimes slightly, slightly yeah, anyway, it's bad. It's not a good look. And um, we were with some of these friends. And this guy suddenly comes up to me and he goes, what do you want? And um, I said, excuse, excuse me? He said, what do you want? And I suddenly realized what he was asking. And I said, um, Jesus. And he said, what? <laughs> and I said, um, Jesus. And he said, you know, what are you on? And I said, Jesus. And he said, Jesus, what are you on? <laughs> and I said, Jesus. And um, he said this, and I said, why, why, why do you ask? And he said, there's something about you lot. There's the way that you, you know, you're having a great time, but, you, you know, I just want what you've got. And, and so it was all quite loud, and um, it's quite a surreal conversation to be having in flashing lights and Try not to headbutt myself with the microphone. Um, so we went outside and we had a chat. And it, just so what struck me in that moment was is that we are surrounded by people who are looking for life. Uh, we are surrounded by people who are longing for life. Now, that's not to say their lives aren't great. Um, that, that's not to say that they're not having a brilliant time, that things aren't going well. But we are, we are surrounded by people who, are, who just, they want life. They want more life. The great invitation is, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. And there are people, I, mean, I met this one guy quite recently, and he, he, was, um, he, he, was, he liked to um, mountain bike, like crazy mountain bike, as far as he could down to the really dangerous, look to me anyway, uh, tracks. And I said, why do you do He said, oh, when I do it, I just feel alive. And, you know, I talk to somebody else, and they say, oh, you know, when I'm out in the countryside, oh, I just, I feel alive. And, and they talk to somebody else, and, you know, when they're with their friends, they say they feel alive. And when, we, when you're with somebody else, they say, oh, you know, when I, whatever it is, I just feel alive. And there's this longing that people have to connect with something that makes them, that helps them feel alive, that makes them come alive. And I want to just read a little bit of one verse of scripture for you to root uh, everything that I'm going to say. So this is from John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus is with his disciples and he says this, I have come that you would have life 
life in all its fullness. I have come that you may have life and have it in all its fullness. Now, the Greek word for life is interesting. It's this word zoe, and that literally means the condition of living or being in a, or the state of being alive. That's good news. Especially healthiness, happiness, energy, and vitality. In other words, this is something that is good. It's not a glass half empty life he's talking about. It's not a glass half full life. It is a glass overflowing life that he is inviting us into. Jesus' invitation is into a life that is extraordinary, to step in to a life that is extraordinary, to step into the slipstream of a life that is extraordinary, something that's full of possibilities, something that is full of hope. And I just want to spend a few moments today with you just exploring three ways that we can slip into and know and experience this slipstream, this life, this zoe that Jesus is talking about. Let me read you another portion of scripture. This is from uh, John chapter 1, verses 36 to 42. The next day, John was there again with his two disciples. That's John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you'll see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Simon uh, sorry, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we've found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. See, what's interesting to me about Andrew is Andrew is somebody who is looking for life. Look, the Lamb of God. There's something about this person who's walking past, this man that John, John's cousin, as he walks past, says, He's the one. And they literally sort of drop everything. In another account of this story, they are fishermen. He, Andrew's a fisherman. He's a rough, rugged man. And there's something about Jesus that he sees instantly. He's like, I, I just want to be in the vicinity of that person. I want, I want whatever he's got, I want it. He's like the man in the nightclub. You know, like, what do you want? Um, he, he is looking for life. So the first thing I want to encourage us to do when we want to, is stepping into this slipstream is seek life. Be people who seek life. Nicodemus is seeking life. He sees what Jesus is doing. He sees the miracles. He hears him teach. He sees the way that he loves people. And he is drawn to him, and he goes to see him at night because he's kind of a person with reputation. He's not quite strong. He's just trying to understand. He is just trying to work it out. He is just trying to understand this life, this zoe that he sees, and how he can step into that, how he can know that, how he can encounter that for himself. So he goes, and he sneaks off, and he sees Jesus at, at night and asks him these questions. And you remember, Jesus said, the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings people alive. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you want to step into this slipstream, if you want to know this life in all its fullness that Jesus has invited us to be into, seek it. 
put yourself in the way of it or in the way of people who carry this life. Ask him for a restlessness, for more. It's so easy, isn't it? I don't know about you, but to sort of settle. To settle for the glass is, the glass is empty. I'll settle for that. The glass is half full. I'll settle for that. Don't settle for that. The glass is nearly full. Don't settle for that. Settle for my cup overflows. Settle for nothing less than that. And find people, find things that enable you to access, to encounter that life. Put yourself around them. It might be music, it might be worship music, it might be music, it might be podcasts. Do you know what I'm learning is that life is sometimes in the place that you least expect. What I've, what I've found is that oftentimes we come to church for life. And of course, it's right, we gather together, we remind ourselves that we're, we're in this together, we cheer each other on. And we... But life isn't just to be found here. Life is happening, God is doing extraordinary things all over the place, wherever you are. He, look for life, look for where you just might see a little, if we were using the image of a spring, where you see a little bubbling, a little something beginning to happen. Look for it. Step into it. Access it. Seek life. Be on the lookout for people who are full of life and spend time with them. When I was 18 and I was on my gap year, I spent some um, time sort of doing uh, this uh, sort of outreach. Uh, we did three months of Bible teaching and then we did three months of outreach. And we went down to Mexico. And the first week we were there, we met this, we did some stuff with this youth group from San Diego. And uh, I was immediately struck by the guy, the man who was leading uh, this youth group from um, San Diego. And just because, just maybe my nature, I was just, I want, I saw he had Zoe, he had life. He was, he wasn't, he just carried life and he was leaking life. And I just thought, I want to be, I, need, I want that person in my life. So I walked up to him and said, can you be in my life, please? I think he forgave me because I was English and I sort of sounded probably more intelligent than I actually was in that moment. And, so, and, and I am so glad I did. I put my way in the, someone who, in the way of someone who carried life, who carried Zoe. And it would be fair to say that him and his wife have probably had a greater impact on my life, on Nikki's life, and on our children's life than any other couple that we know probably, with maybe one or two other exceptions. Nikki and Pippa Gumbel, Sandy and Miller. But they have had a huge impact on us. They have... That just in terms of how they live, how they love, how they speak to people, how they, how they speak to their boys. They've got five boys. They tried for a girl four times. <laughs> they gave up. They've now got some granddaughters. But, but put yourself in the way of people. What it means is that you may have to, don't wait to be invited. Sometimes you have to invite yourself. Sometimes you have to say, do you know what? Um, I don't know you very well, but can we grab a coffee? Obviously, if it's, it's a member of the opposite sex, and you're single, um, just make sure they understand. What, it, there may be many reasons. <laughs> but if it's because you see life in them, say, I just, there's something about you, and I'd just love to get to know you a little bit better. We've got to get past our English kind of... I know so many people in this room are just like, that just sounds like the most awkward conversation ever. <laughs> just try it. 
If that's slightly intense, you know, invite them, you know, organize a coffee with a group of friends and invite them along. Put your way in the people, uh, seek life and put your way, put yourself in the way of people who carry it. Put your way in the things, in the way of things that release life, that release this zoe, this life in all its fullness. Secondly, speak life. Speak life. You know, words have incredible power. When God spoke, creation began. When Jesus spoke, the lame walked. When Jesus spoke, spoke, the blind saw. When Jesus spoke, the dead were raised to life. Words have extraordinary power which is why so much of the book of Proverbs encourages us to think about the words that we use. Speak life. How can you use, how can we use the words that come out of our mouth to be a wellsprings of life, to bring life? A few years ago, I decided that I was going to try, in as much as it had anything to do with me, anything to do with Christ in me, the hope of glory, to be the most encouraging person that people met every day. Now, some days, you know, you talk to Nikki. You're not supposed to laugh at that, Zach. <laughs> some days, I, uh, that comes easy. Sometimes it's intention. I have to just make a real choice. And sometimes it doesn't come so easy. And sometimes I, I, I'm not the most encouraging person that I'd like to be. But my intention is to, for le to leave everybody that I encounter feeling better about themselves, having spent time with them. Doesn't mean we have to be super intense, but it's just a decision. And it's about how we look at people, what we see when we look at people. Now, I recognize with people who are fun to be around, that's extraordinarily easy because they're fun to be around. But let's think about, think just for a moment, think about the person that you perhaps struggle with parts of how they are fairly to frequently. Just picture that person in your mind, just for a moment. And then just think, how can I be the person who encourages them next time I see them? How can I be the person who speaks Zoe to them and into them and pulls it out of them? Because it's as we speak to people that they begin to change. So interesting, isn't it? When you look uh, through the Bible, when the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and, and says, Arise, mighty warrior, Gideon looks around to try and work out who the angel of the Lord is speaking to because that is not how he sees himself. He says, I'm the least in my family. My family is the least in my tribe. My tribe is the least in the nation of Israel. I am the least of the least of the least of the least. least. I am not a mighty warrior. And in that moment, the angel of the Lord essentially says, become who you already are. Become who you already are. What are the words that we can say to people, that we can release into people, that help release them to become who they already are? To become the people that they long to be? What are the, what are the, uh, one of the ways that I do that particularly with people that I, that I have maybe find something about 
them challenging is I ask, Lord, what is it that you see in them and you love in them? What is it you see in them? What is it that you love in them? And I try to find it. One of my friends came up with this great term for this, which is you go mining for gold. It's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. You just need to be persistent and you need to keep looking until you find it and then you call it out and you pull it out and you, that person begins to become different. One of the things that I've found as well that I've really been challenged with recently is, um, is how we speak to people when we disagree with them or when we're cross with them or when we're upset with them or when they've done something that uh, we don't agree with or we don't like. And so often what we do is we make it personal. You know, you, you're this. And we say, you're this, or you're, you're that. And what I've really been challenged about recently is actually focusing on the behavior rather than on the person. So let me give you an example of that. Um, we were at a um, school match uh, a few months ago. And one of the other parents um, was cheering their child on. And the child turned around. And I think they just felt embarrassed um, you know, by their parents' enthusiasm. And they turned around and uh, were quite rude in front of quite a lot of people um, to the parent. And um, it was one of the, you know, kind of everyone goes quiet and all the rest of it. So just at the end of the game, I, um, I, I, know, I know this, this teenager, so I, I went up and said, hey, you, know, you played really well today, well done. Uh, you, know, you, you fought for the ball and all the rest of it. And they said, um, which is why I was really surprised when you said what you said. And he kind of looked at me and I said, I said, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but as somebody who cheers you on and who supports you and I consider your parents my friends and I, you know, I, I want what's best for you, when you speak like that, that's not who you are. When you speak like that, that's not who you are. You're more than that. And, you know, the funny thing, I thought I wasn't quite sure what reaction I was going to get. But actually, he sort of nodded and, you know, apparently went off and apologized to his parent later. I didn't say, you're that. I, in fact, all I did was affirm who he was and say, that's not who you are. You are more than that. So how about when we correct people, when we challenge them, we, we hold them to a high standard and, 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 and we say, that's who you are. So why would you choose to speak to somebody like that? That's who you are. So why would you choose in that moment to behave that way? Focus on the behavior, not on the, you know, cheer on the person you know, when we speak, speak life. Always speak like, speak life. Set the bar high. Set it high for them. Tell the truth. You know, in church, I don't know um, if you've noticed this, but sometimes, and I, I'm, I can be so guilty of this myself, we so want to be encouraging to people that we're like, yeah, you know, up and at them. And, you know, sometimes, occasionally, someone does something and it doesn't go quite the way that anyone had hoped. Well done, you're amazing, that was great. We're not actually helping them when we do that. So um, uh, you'll know that I, I run this school of prayer, and one of the things we talk about is we talk about honest feedback. So um, 
And um, what, what I mean by that is um, someone was praying. What we teach is that if someone's praying and they're trying to, you know, hear God and speak something encouraging, that, that um, you're not helping the person if what they say isn't right or true. And you say, thank you very much. That's, that was brilliant. All you're teaching them is to carry on the behavior that you're actually trying to help them move out of. So, another example. Uh, I was at this thing, and this person um, said, you know, I'd love to pray for you. And he did it in front of lots of other people. So, and, um, and he started praying, and then he started sharing stuff. And it was just, like, so left field that, like, in terms of, you know, there's things, sometimes, you know, we, like Mary, we need to stir up things in our hearts, and other times we just need to flush, you know, file or flush. And this was one of those flush moments. Um, so what I did was in front of everybody else, no, that's not what I did. Um, what I said was, um, I really, in front of everybody else, I said, I really appreciate uh, you praying for me, and uh, let's have a chat ab about it afterwards. And then afterwards, I said, I really appreciate you wanting to pray for me, and I really love the fact that you, you know, you wanted the best for me, and I love the fact that you, uh, you know, wanted to hear God for me. But I just want to be honest with you and say that, uh, that I, if the benchmark is, is it loving, is it biblical, and is it in line with the character of Jesus as we see in the Bible? I said, I didn't feel massively loved in that moment. I, I felt like you were wanting to make some larger point, so I didn't feel massively loved in that moment. And I said, in terms of what you shared, um, again, I really appreciate your heart for me, but, but actually, just it, I, I don't want to um, be what this thing that he said, I really feel God calling you to be this. I said, and I said, and I, and, and I just want to be honest with you because I, I really believe in you and I want you to be better at this. Thank you so much. I want to encourage you to keep going. I, you know, do, you know, if you ever hear from, from God for me again, I'd love to hear it. And he felt really encouraged because I was for him. And I was correcting him and helping him in, a, in an affirming way. And oftentimes in the moment, you know, the adrenaline starts pumping and our perception narrows and all the rest of it. I know all that psychology stuff. It's giving yourself a few moments to not respond the way that you might uh, typically want to respond. And in that moment, my kind of natural response was that. <laughs> so give yourself a few right hand of fellowship and all the rest of it. So give yourself a few seconds, count to three, whatever it is, count to five, breathe. Remember that that person's loved by God and speak life into them. So speak life. Focus on behavior. Tell the truth, but be honest. Thirdly, leak life. Leak life. Matthew 5, 13 to 16, Jesus said this. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And he's saying to his disciples, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before people that they would see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light, your light, shine before people that they would see your good deeds. And praise your Father in heaven. When Jesus called us into this life to step into Zoe, 
He invited us to seek it. He invited us to speak it. Um, and he invited us to leak it, to leak it, to let it out. He didn't just give us life for us. He gave us life. He filled us with his life for everybody who we would come in contact with. Paul writes to the Colossians and he says, Remember Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ lives in you. The hope of glory lives in you. The hope that people are looking for lives in you, so let it out. In the book of Romans, chapter 6, Paul says, The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. It lives in every one of us in here. Whether we feel it or not, it lives in us. And our calling, our invitation from Jesus is to let it out. Get it out. Leak. Leak everywhere we go. Leak life. All of us meet people all the time who are searching for this life, like I talked about earlier. What could you do that could provoke a conversation? We've already talked about what you say. If you say enough encouraging words to people, I promise you people will begin to ask why. If you, people see that you love them and you want the best for them, eventually they will ask why. It doesn't mean you have to turn every conversation into, well, funny you should mention that. In the Bible, Jesus says this. Paul's encouragement is always be ready. Always be ready to give an account of the hope that you have. Always be ready. That doesn't mean always smack them over the head. But always be ready. So how do we do that? Well, one of the other things I'm learning is to be a thermostat rather than a thermometer. Be a thermostat rather than a thermometer. Because what a, thermos, what a thermometer does is it reads the temperature. So essentially what that means is we go into a culture and we go into work and everyone else is... I was talking to one of my friends over the last month or so and just listening to the culture that, that he goes into. Uh, you know, he, he, he works um, in the public sector and there's a lot of negativity. And um, he says, it's really hard. And I said, well, how, how do you find that? And he said, well, I just find it really discouraging. And I come home and I just, you know, feel worn out by it. And so I said, well, what are you, what are you doing about it? And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well... Are you going to be a, ther a thermometer for the rest of your life? You're going to be a thermostat. And he, he sort of looked at me and I said, a, th a thermometer just reads the temperature. A thermostat changes the temperature. A thermostat changes the temperature. And that is all about positioning ourselves with an intention to make a difference wherever we are. Changing the temperature means changing sometimes the conversation. It means sitting next to the person that other people don't want to sit next to. Talking to the person who is slightly awkward. Paying for the things at work that we are supposed to pay for. You know, when, I don't know if your office has a franking machine, um, but one of the places I worked had a franking machine. It was a uh, and I remember someone being challenged by one of my colleagues saying, um, 
essentially he was sending all his birthday invites out. This is when people actually, you know, sent cards rather than, you know, what's it called? Paperless post, that's right. I'm good on that one. And, um, and, and said, uh, uh, what, are you, what are you doing? And, he, oh, just, sent, and, and just sending out birthday invitations. And, and, um, and my friend said, are you paying for them? And the, my colleague said, um, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And that is often the culture with the we're in. It's not an intention to, like, be dishonest. It's just that it's amazing how often things become culturally acceptable with no one actually asking, is this right? How is who's paying? Where's the, you know, what, you, you get the thing. And you're, wherever you work, wherever you study, there will be cultures that have just become accepted as normal. It's good to just, for a moment, step out and say, well, you know, what do I think about that? Am I going to be a thermometer or am I going to be a thermostat? Am I going to say, no, I'm going to, you know, are you going to be the first? Now, one of the things that, that I've really been challenged by again is we have got this friend who um, has this incredible, when they are with other people, other people always leave feeling so great about themselves. And one of the things I've noticed is whenever someone is saying something and, um, you know how oftentimes people can say things that are sort of, they're not wholly unkind. They are just, they have a little bit of an edge to them. And what I've noticed about this person is they, all, they don't, they, what, what they do is they just make, they turn the conversation just one degree with something positive. They just, they, what they say is, someone's sort of moaning about someone, they say, do you know what, I really like the way that they do X. And what, what's happened in that moment is the thermometer dial's been changed. The thermostat dial's been changed. They don't say, well, as a Christian, I think it's really important that we leak life. And so in this moment, I'm going to become a thermometer, a thermostat, not a thermometer. And I'm going to do that. They just do it. And they don't do it in a religious way. They don't do it in a self-righteous way. They don't correct anybody else for what they're saying. They just change the conversation slightly. That is when you become a thermostat and not a thermometer. Leak life. Be the person that people want to be around because they know they will, they will, that they will be seen the best way. They will be spoken to the best way. They will be loved and they will be championed and they'll be encouraged. I'm trying. We're all trying. We, want, we want, just got back from holiday and we had this night. It been, uh, they have a, this sort of barbecue um, once a week and... I used to go to this place when I was a child, and they used to be like, I don't think it was just because I was a child, and when you're a child, you always think that things are far more raucous than you do when you're actually an adult and at them. Um, but th they do seem to have got a little bit sort of um, tamer. And, um, and I, don't, I don't drink alcohol, not for any religious reason, just because I had a really bad experience when I was young, and... Uh, got alcohol poisoning age seven at my mum's drinks party and threw up all over one of my mum's friends and then thought I was going to die. I mean, I thought if my mum didn't kill me, I was going to <laughs> die of alcohol poisoning. I didn't realise it was alcohol poisoning at the time, but, but because of that, I just decided, you know, I, d I don't. And it also meant I got invited to parties as a teenager when I wouldn't have been otherwise because I could drive people home. <laughs> uh, that still works to this day. Oh, having a party. Oh, Bill, can you drive? Yeah, yeah, I love to drive. Um, um, so oftentimes, it is a slightly strange situation when you are 
Um, we were at this party, we were at this barbecue, and people had had a fair amount to drink. And I am stone cold, like, sober, which is a good thing. And um, what happened, then someone put on Abra, and the place just went nuts, and their people <laughs> were doing all the rest of it. It's kind of mostly sad dads, you know, I kind of, you know, people might, you, you just imagine, if you're younger, just imagine lots of me, and slightly overweight, more overweight versions of me, uh, sort of d dancing on tables and that, you know, my, the children all left. They left. Um, and then this woman comes up to me and says, what is it about you? you know, like, and I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, you're having a really good time, but as far as I can make out, and she's slightly, well, she's slurring her words, you know. She's, she said, you are, you're just having a really good time. And I've noticed you sort of, you know, you seem to be like full of life often. How does that, what, you know, and, and I just said, um, Jesus, again. <laughs> What? It's just Jesus. What? Jesus has said that when we, his invitation is that we step into life and, and, and when we follow him, we can experience a, a, a really full, a fuller life than we could ever hope of. Well, that sounds great. And then I kid you not, at that moment, she went, <laughs> <laughs> straight into the, the, the bin. Anyway, so there we go. We want to be people who seek life. <laughs> who speak life, and who leak life. Why don't we stand together? Now, I don't know uh, where that leaves you. I, I know for some of us, uh, you may be here for the first time, and, and this all might be uh, new to you. Uh, and if that is you, the invitation is for you today. Jesus said, I have come that you would know life in all its fullness. Well, another translation is that you would know life in abundance. And another translation of it is life to the max. You get the picture. Jesus' invitation is that we, we step into his life. And that as we do that, he releases his life in us. So if you're here and, and you're wondering how you can know that for yourself. In a minute, I'm going to uh, say a really simple prayer that you can echo in your heart and maybe then sign up for Alpha, which starts at the end of September and uh, discover more about it. So that's the first type. The second type, you may be people here and you recognize that over time or circumstance or the summer holidays, particularly if you have children, you're feeling slightly lacking in life at the moment. Well, well we're gonna, I'm going to pray and um, I'm going to invite you to respond and step back into that slipstream again, that Zoe. And for others of us here, we are determined just today that we are going to speak life and that we are going to leak life. And you can, you're going to be able to respond in a minute. But let's start by just for that, maybe that one person who just like, I haven't stepped into that slipstream, I really want to. I'm going to pray. I just echo this prayer quietly in your heart and then we'll carry on. So why don't we all close our eyes if that's okay. Maybe Iswe can come up and the band can come up. Ben. This is the prayer that you can echo in your heart. Jesus, thank you that your invitation is that we would know life in all its fullness. That Zoe. 
Thank you that your invitation is to slip in, step into that slipstream with you, in you. I choose to step into that slipstream. Would you come and fill me with new life so that I would become fully alive? Thank you that that's possible because of your love for me, your sacrifice on my behalf. Thank you that you went to the cross and you died on the cross, knowing me, loving me, seeing me. And then you died and then you rose so that I could be forgiven and so that I could know this life. Amen. So, if that was you, I would love to meet you. Do come and say hi afterwards. I'll just be at the front with Nikki. Um, okay, who here wants to be somebody, who here, just, let's just be honest, um, unless you're my wife, you can't live at 100 miles an hour all the time. And she can't either, she's saying. Who here just is longing for more life? Just put your hand in the air. Okay, great. Keep your hands up. I'm just going to pray. And then just pos position yourself to receive. We do that. If, if, I wanna, if, if someone wants to give me a gift, I have to receive it. I have to open my hands and I have to take it. So that's you in a minute. You're going to put your hands out and you're going to receive. Father, thank you for each one here who is longing to know that life again, maybe through time or circumstances, busyness, disappointment. They have, for a time, not known that life. Would you come and would you meet them now? Would you come and fill them with your life? And just as you have your hands out and your eyes closed, just begin to say thank you. I used to think in these moments there'd be sort of this whoosh and I'd sort of be, you know, knocked 10 feet backwards. And that's just not how it happens for me. Sometimes it's a peace that you might feel. Sometimes it's just a, just a sort of certain knowledge that just begins to wake you up, wake your soul up in a new way. So thank you, Father. We pray for more of you, more of you. Try not to overthink it, overfeel it. Some of us are feelers and we naturally feel things. That's wonderful. And our bodies respond in all sorts of different ways. Other, others of us aren't, and that's equally okay. But we know that if Jesus promises, if we ask, we receive. If we seek, we find. If we knock, the door will be opened. 
And for the rest of us, we want to activate this. We want to step into this. We want to be people who speak life and who seek uh, and, then, and who leak life. So what you're going to do is you're going to put your hands up in the air. God, we thank you for your gift of life through Jesus. We recognize that you haven't given it to us for us alone. You've given it to us to leak everywhere we go. I want to pray for each one of us that you would give us the confidence and the courage to be leakers of life, to be thermostats everywhere we go. Lord, where that means speaking love and speaking encouragement and speaking life, help us to do that. Where that means changing the conversation or changing, beginning to change the culture, give us the confidence and the patience to do that. And Lord, our prayer is that people would see you in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we say yes. And we say, bring it on. Help us, Lord, to make one decision today that will enable us to speak life and to seek life. Maybe think of one person that we could have a conversation with or one thing that we could do that would begin to change the temperature dial on the thermostat. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't we finish? We, like, I can't remember the last time we did this, and I can only apologize for that, seeing as I'm often the person leading the service. But why don't we finish by saying the grace together? If you don't know the words the grace, uh, you can either smile and wave, or the words are the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. That's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Right, okay, now we're going to do it for real. That was the warm-up. Either that or it was very unconvincing. Uh, okay, ready? One, two, three. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go be life seekers, life speakers, and life leakers. Have a great week. <laughs>